And hey there, hi there, ho there, hello there, and welcome back to another exciting edition of the Cardinal Couple Radio Hour Podcast, where we discuss the joy and excitement of UFL Women's Athletics. Certainly some exciting things happened in this past week. We'll get through those with you primarily, I think, a basketball-oriented show today, but we'll drop into some other items as well. And, uh, of course, as always, uh, we, we try to bring you, you know, the, the latest on things as well and keep you up on those. We, we have a foursome in here today. Case is a, at yet another family event. I'm pretty sure if you took the 52 Saturdays in a year and just blocked out two-thirds of them, that would cover all the event stuff the case has to do with his family. Okay. Which would leave him, you know, approximately yeah, you know, 17, 18 on Saturdays. He could be with us. Aren't, his wife's going to want to do some stuff. You know, so. Aren't you related to him? Isn't it your family too? Who case? Yeah. Oh, not that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get family. Uh, I, I mean, uh, ancestry.com. Hmm. What, do, what do you know that I don't, Jeff? I thought it was your nephew. <laughs> uh, no? Let, let me think here now. Uh, although I love his mom to death, you know. I thought there was a relation there. Was just, somehow I had that in my head. I don't know how. Uh, it was nepotism. Uh, okay. Case. You're, you're, you're my nephew now. Yeah. Anybody ask, it's called, refer to me as Uncle Guido. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Nope, no relation there. Although I've known him since he's been like four years old. Okay. So it's watching okay. him grow up and everything. A, and, uh, a family like relationship. I, 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 I can remember other kids throwing mud pies at him. How did I get it in my head that, that there was actually some sort of family relation there? And actually, Jared's my, Jared's my uncle. So you didn't know that either, did <laughs> <Yeah>. you? <laughs> Daryl, of course, my second wife. You know, she's happy now, <laughs> off doing other stuff. So. The that explains sterile at basketball games. Yeah, <laughs> the other woman. Yeah, yep. On speed dial, she's moved up from seven to four now. All right, Daryl, <laughs> good move. Uh, <laughs> Jeff has set the show back five minutes. Yeah, sorry. Really I, 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 I don't know. Got an observation. How what I other family treats you? All right, Paul. I'm, I, I'm sorry that one got me there. Got them all choked up. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Somehow I thought you were. If related, he had so been, I, don't know. I would have gone out and defended him when they were throwing mud pies at him. Yeah. Yeah. Instead, I just stood by the side of the garage and watched and laughed. You know, hit <laughs> him again with him. Oh, it's a good one right upside the head. But okay. Uh, but yeah, we have a lot of fun things to talk about today. We have a, a crew of four in here, like I mentioned, without case. Daryl, of course, in here with us to give us news on what she's seen on campus and to comment on some things. Jared, of course, a photography guy, and I'm assuming you're jumping right out of here today, Jared, to go take photos. Uh, what, men's basketball, is it, or what do you got today? Oh, yeah, I get to head on downtown to watch the men's team lose again. So, eagerly waiting for that to happen. That's the spirit, Jared. Some, yeah, I'm getting I'll be there. Plus... <laughs> But uh, yeah, what are they two and twenty now or something? Close. I I, I lost track of them. Uh, the problem is you can't bet against them in the Vegas thing because they beat the spread four or five <laughs> straight would, games. I wouldn't bet against. Yeah, you them can. It's just picking the other team. Yeah. That way um, you're like you you're not so mad at the loss. At least you won something. But do you you were for the uh, there for the Brom signing then? I get or the Brom onboarding Daryl. 
Yeah, so uh, we were wondering if uh, Brian would be joining the rest of the Brahms on campus. Um, my group chat, my friends have been asking almost every single day if Brian's come in yet. I think they were waiting for after the Purdue game, uh, their bowl game against LSU, which was hideous. I don't know if you all saw the score on that. Yeah, um, they got kind of shellacked. Yeah, not good. So I wasn't going to bring that up to him. Um, but he came in the office the other day. I was actually on break, and my um, coworkers know how much I love athletics. So they were actually texting me, being like, hey, Brom's in here right now if you want to come meet him. So uh, I, I got to see him. I got to tell him that I, I actually have a hat with his autograph on it that's in a plastic case that I very much cherish. And, um, yeah, so I got to – Tell them about that. Get a group pit or a, a pick for the group chat so they could get excited. And yeah, so he's verified and he is eligible to, to start working. And I tell all the football coaches that because I've had some other football coaches. I think the uh, secondary coach came in this week as well. Obviously not as a um, familiar name to the locals, but still cool. Um, and tell them as soon as they get verified, I'm telling them to get to work because we got a long way to go. <laughs> There you go. There you have it. I, I can see Daryl you know, running into the offices now with her red lobster bib still on. Going, where is he? Where is he? Where'd he go? Yeah, leaving lunch to see Jeff. Uh, what amazes me on him? Here's just an observation. I, I was there when he quarterbacked us in, in the Orange Bowl many years ago against Wake Forest, okay? Mm-hmm. A great game, right? You know, fantastic game. Had a wonderful time down there in Miami. And I looked at the most late recent picture of him. He's graying up in the, in the mustache area and around the beard. I swear. This and he's is, only 37 years old, Paul. Can you believe that? This is exactly what I'm making the point on, Daryl. 37. <laughs> he's already graying out. You know, I mean. Coaching could be a stressful job, you know. Yeah, especially with you and your brother's the head coach. <laughs> and basically all you have to do is nod if he comes up with an idea. <laughs> yeah, Brian, maybe let's take a look at the Z37. Sounds good, Jeff. Okay, you guys have got it. Well, enough on that. This is not a football show. This is a women's sports show. Jeff in the house, too. Jeff's going to bring us some volleyball news as he can find it. A little bit. Uh, I'll, I'll always have like a little bit of a trickle. Uh, not, not a lot, but a little bit. So There you go. Yeah. We'll get into that a little bit. And, of course, look at the cards, future opponent in basketball tomorrow. But right now, we will go into some scheduling and Twitter information as Jared will handle that today in Case's absence. And it should be a fairly light run through for you, Jared, on this, I would think. He, Maybe. He unmuted. Looks like he's not on the chat anymore, guys. He was having some, um, I heard some static coming through when he was. Mm-hmm. Are we losing everybody? We just lost. Yeah, we just lost him. There, he's reconnecting. Okay, yeah. It's. I heard his static coming through when he was talking, and he's had some issues over the last couple yeah. weeks. So, um, can, can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There we go. There he is. Okay, cool. I uh, disconnected the AirPods and reconnected them real quick to try and help with a couple audio static issues. Sound good now, dude. All right. Fingers yeah, crossed. Yeah, pray yeah, and hope yeah. it stays that way. <laughs> Nobody move a muscle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not moving from my chair. Uh-uh. All right. Should be a pretty. Quick uh, schedule on Twitter. Case who's out today tweets out his best case scenario. BST, no E in the word best. Uh, Daryl tweets out as Daryl Fast Four. That's the number four, not spelled out four. 
Uh, Jeff's got a couple Twitter accounts, Jeff McAdams, and then his UofL-based one is Card Couple Radio. Polly tweets out his Cardinal Couple, and I tweet out as Mr. Anderson Jared. A pretty light week for the most part, uh, looking at the schedule. Uh, the Cardinal Classic for track and field is wrapping up this morning. That's indoors. It's down there in uh, more western Louisville at that new Norton Healthcare Center. Uh, so we should have final results sometime this afternoon with that. Swim and Dive is down in Knoxville for the TYR Pro Series. Uh, men's basketball is at home today against North Carolina. Two o'clock tip-off at the Yum Center for that. Big game for women's basketball tomorrow. Uh, they travel down to Tallahassee to go up against a red-hot Florida State team that's kind of taking the ACC by surprise some. Uh, like I said, 1 o'clock. This one is a regional sports network. Uh, it's a little tough for a lot of people who don't pay for that extra channel. That'd be Bally Sports. You'll find Bally Sports out. There. That would be me. Ugh. Yeah. Don't get me started. Be, yeah, not not a fan of the Bally contract, but Mm-mm. we we kind of got to suffer for it through it for now until that contract expires. Uh, not nothing happened tomorrow actually, or on Monday. UVL's closed for Martin Luther King Jr. Day. No athletics or uh, having any games or competitions. Nothing going on Tuesday. Getting ahead to Wednesday, men's tennis is in action. Men's basketball is at home again. Uh, they play Pitt. Uh, this coming Thursday, women's basketball does get to return home to the KFC Yum Center. 7 p.m. tip-off against Boston College. This one is ACC Network Extra. So you'll want to have to tune in online if you want to watch that one on TV. Next Friday, January 20th, women's tennis is going to get going. They've actually got a, a pair of matches that day. They've got... 10 a.m. against Northern Illinois, and then 5 p.m. against Bellarmine. Both of these are at the Bass Road Tennis Center. Uh, looking at the weather, they should probably be indoors. Yeah. But hopefully they'll get outside at some point this season. And then kind of skipping ahead to right about the time we're getting off air next week. Swimming Dive's got a big one. Uh, the men and women will both be at UK for mm-hmm. their annual Battle of the Bluegrass competition. And they consist uh, through the week. Battle of the Bluegrass there, so there you are, and, and just to, uh, although it's not in the scheduling or anywhere, I got uh, the email notice from a couple of these sports SIDs that they will be having this year. They've broken it into two categories of spring sports reviews, and uh, as you know, Jeff, you attended these in past mm-hmm. years with me where they bring in a couple of players and the coach from each prospective team, and then the uh, Although they've changed the format around, it seems like every year they do this. Uh, this year they've once again changed that around. They're now breaking it into two separate days. Uh, the first one being this Tuesday coming up, and the second one next Tuesday. But mm-hmm. in the first one, they'll be uh, bringing in the, the women's tennis squads. Uh, uh, well, they'll also be bringing in the men and women's track and field squads. We'll be coming in for it. And also we'll have the golf teams coming in for this as well. So uh, I am not going to attend this one. I uh, talked with a couple of the SIDs who were actually wanting me because I was one of the few there in past years to ask questions besides uh, another guy. And <laughs> so I said, no, I'm, I'm not going to be able to make this one. I actually have that doctor's appointment scheduled. And Lori was kind of like, oh, great. <laughs> We, we, we get 20 minutes of, and she goes, under her mind. can you make next week? I'm like, yeah, I think so. Next week, the one I think I've got more interest in, guys, 
because we get lacrosse. Softball, yeah. lacrosse, yeah. We get softball. And Jeff, you ought to attend. Yeah, I'll see if I can. Uh, with new work, I, I might be able to pull it off. New work yeah. situation since last year. It, it should be a good one, and we should have a good time. But uh, the actual location of it uh, was kind of up in the air a little bit. They are holding the one next Tuesday, uh, this Tuesday down at the KFC Yum Center's media room. You really? might ask yourself, why are they doing that down there? As it was uh, illogically explained to me. Well, the men are playing later that day. Okay. okay. I guess. The men are, yeah. Mm. yeah I know. With a really big gap in between. Yeah. But I guess if, if a lot of those same people are going to have to be down there, it does make it a little easier on them, which, you know, I'm, I, I like the people that do this work and I want to make their jobs easier. So, eh. Okay. Yeah, it's with the 1230 to usually one o'clock deal on that. And then a man play what a seven. So yes. I'm guessing probably we'll all get up some pickup basketball in the interim. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Perhaps a kickball game. That could be fun. Well, I'll see if I can get Daryl on my team. Uh, that's that's, that's You don't want that. <laughs> no, that's terrible at kickball. Really? I would think yeah, you would be good I, at that. I can't hit the bo- the top of my foot. I, I don't know what's wrong. Right. But this has been um, tested this Carol's gonna strike out in kickball. <laughs> you get a toe on it. You wear that steel show toed shoe on that right foot and just unload. I think that on would it. be an advantage. Yeah, toe to kick, toe to kickball, and that thing yeah. is out of here. Yeah, it's blast gone. it. You can just trot around here with that Babe Ruth stare at everybody on the field. Like, yeah, I just did that. Look at me. That's four. That's four bases. I, I never thought about steel toed shoes for kickball, but yeah. I can totally see that. And I think I may patent it. Yeah. What the advantage in your, do you want the advantage in your kickball league? Well, the Pauly Steele show. No, no, whatever. Let's see what happens with that. And then, uh, like I said, they're, they're really up to, they really haven't given a definite location for the one uh, in two weeks. I'll update you all on that as we get to it. But knowing them, they'll probably decide they're going to have it at the, uh, well, where could they do this if they haven't been in a while? Maybe they'll hold it at the Sports Spectrum out on Poplar Level Road and let us gamble while we're right now. We'll see what happens with that. But uh, so that's what's going on with that. Always a fun event. I'll I'll try to you know they usually film it. Mm-hmm. They'll put it up next day on the website. So maybe we'll we'll run it for you to see who showed up to ask questions and see. But uh, that's what's going on with that. But we need to move on to the here and now, what happened in the last week. So let's get on with it a little bit as the cards actually started action in basketball. Last Sunday, Pittsburgh, of course, the opponent is Louisville. Uh, had a nice win. It wasn't anything that, you know, it wasn't a blowout, but the cards take a 76-69 win. A good effort, I think, out of Haley Van Lith and C.C. Carr. 18 and 16 points. Certainly a, a nice performance by Narika Kono. Came in off the bench, gave us 16 good minutes, 11 points in uh, a first half where Cardinal fans were kind of scratching their collective heads and saying, uh, we're down 32 to 26 to arguably one of the worst teams in the league. What's happening? But they ended up playing well in the third quarter. A 10-point advantage and then close that in the fourth quarter. Uh, 
this was a kind of a weird and strange game there on many ways here. Uh, the fact that we were down by that much in the first half and the guards just didn't seem engaged or motivated. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a team that we played already this season and beat them by what, 25 or 30 points. So yeah. um, I believe the game before this, we were kind of asking coach walls what he thought about Pitt on Sunday. He kind of brushed it off. Like wouldn't be that big of a deal, but, um, or that much of a, um, concern in getting a, a win over them but yeah um we i feel like overall we walked away being impressed with louisville's ability to come back in this one even though we were totally shocked that it was even that close to begin with so um the fact that they were able to pull it out and um sorry i'm kind of thinking um back that far uh because the thursday night game's kind of clouding my thoughts as well but i believe um in the pit game, the last two minutes they went on a scoring run um, where Pitt wasn't able to do anything. So that's literally the difference maker of them able to to get that big win. And, I, and it sucks that I have to say that this is a big win, but they needed it. They could not lose against Pitt and um, still have a, a chance or just be in the conversation of being at, at top of the ACC in women's basketball, I, I in my opinion. The cards actually went on an 8-0 run to end the contest and thus covered the margin to win. So a nice effort there. Uh, not really a whole lot about this. Jared was there with us. Jared saw what happened. The thing that got me out of all this, and I kept seeing it develop, was Pitt was with these 6-1 forwards, was just moving inside and scoring at us on free will. And it's like we weren't even trying to stop them, and they ended up with a 32 to 18 points in the paint advantage on us, Jared. Yeah, I think this may have been a game plan thing more than anything else. Is a Louisville look like maybe they're going to try and run and, and push it at times, especially with uh, a lot more of Nyla Harris being out there, Mikasa getting a lot of minutes, um, Rissa Russell starting to see a few more minutes. So I think Jeff Walls. Wanted to go a smaller lineup at times, and Pitt was like, "Okay, do that. We'll just post up in the the paint and and kind of counter that move." It, it was well played. It was a, a good chess match back and forth uh, on that part. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't. Oh yeah, I I thought also just there in the first half of times that Eva looked a little lazy and out of it was the other part. We kind of ended up seeing the cards resort to something that we've seen them from time to time this year, but not very often, is that they uh, went to the three ball and actually shot almost 50% from the three-point line, 13 for 27, uh, far-edge shooting pit. Of course, they didn't need to shoot threes on us. They could drive the lane and score anytime they wanted to. But the 13 for 27 from three-point range. And Erika Kono off the bench, three for four. Uh, Kirsten Carr shooting 50%, 5 for 10. Haley Van Lith, 4 for 10. The cards uh, definitely, I think, Jeff uh, showed that the, if you're not going to come out and pick us up out here, we will shoot it over your head and score. Yeah, I, you know, uh, we've got some good shooters uh, on our team that we can, we can pretty well with. But, yeah, it's that was a shooting spectacular in that one that – 
I, I wasn't ready for I wasn't expecting in that game. The cards, I think, uh, weren't expecting to get the, the struggle or the tussle from Pitt that Pitt brought into the arena. But I'm sure Pitt was kind of thinking to themselves, the, the old happy-go-lucky, we got nothing to lose here attitude. Yeah, okay? exactly. We know we're pretty bad. We can see the conference standings. We see what we've done this year. This is a Cardinal team that's had our goat for a long, long time. Let's just come out here and play on them. And if we can find one weakness to work on, let's, let's just expose it and, 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 and hit it like a bee does for a honey tree. And they did. They found that they could get the ball inside against our contingent of Cochran and, and Dixon and Williams and, and Harris and uh, the whole hee-haw gang in there. We just could not stop them driving in there with their 6-1 forwards and scoring in there on us. And certainly when you take a look at the numbers that, that they got out of a couple of these girls, and these are not all, all ECC players, okay? They certainly aren't. But Amber Brand has been around for a long time, got 20 points on us, and I would almost guarantee you that probably half of those came from inside and the other half came from the free throw line. Without taking a look at the stats, so they also got the, a very strong effort to, by a, a Marley Washington there as well, who drove in on us and scored well. So uh, the cards had something though in their mind that they had to work on, I think. Although Wallace kind of was, I think, trying to go against going to Blacksburg and play Virginia Tech with a whole different frame of mind. So uh, the cards did go out. Uh, a wonderful game to watch, even being a Cardinal fan. You, know, you just had to enjoy the excitement of this one, but yeah. unfortunately not exciting enough for us as we take a 71, or excuse me, an 81 to 79 loss to a 13-ranked Virginia Tech uh, at Castle Coliseum. I think they managed to almost get 3,000 in there, which in Cardinal fans, you know, book of book of records were kind of like, that's all. But in Castle, that's a pretty loud and, and big crowd. Their yeah. facility, I think, maybe holds six altogether. Yeah. And uh, they definitely loaded them down. But that, and that, that's and this hasn't been a team that has been traditionally all that great in the overall yeah. scheme of things. So, you know, they haven't had that, you know, several trips to the Final Four that we have, which helps helps build a crowd, helps build a fan base for sure. And and honestly, if Louisville had a little, a few less losses, it, it probably would have been a lot more. Yeah, true. Yeah. But you take a look at what Kenny Brooks has done with this team this year. Oh, he's done amazing things. Yeah, they're 14 yeah. and 3. But in conference, they're 3 and 3. So uh, I was scared of them. And I was for several reasons. I've seen over the years, anytime you make a trip to Blacksburg and you're highly ranked, they're going to come at you with everything they've got, okay? And Kenny Brooks, don't get me wrong, is a good coach. Mm -hmm. He's one of the best coaches, I think, in the ACC. But uh, they were certainly buoyed by a couple of players that we all know very well. First of all, one of those being the ACC reigning player of the year, Elizabeth Kittley. The 6'5 center is that. She's all that good. But uh, Kenny did well in the portal. George Amor came in, uh, did some wonderful things for them in that game. Taylor Soul came in and had a very big game against the Cards in Blacksburg. Uh, Daryl, this was just a game where Louisville, you know, they finally battled their way back into this thing. They actually got a lead in the fourth quarter and then all of a sudden, uh, 
it just kind of collapsed on them. Yeah, this is um, a roster that we've watched just kind of blossom into itself over the years. And you mentioned those three names, Georgia A. Moore, Taylor Saul, and Elizabeth Kitley. That's a scary combination, especially when on the card side, um, if you look at their core of their team, I would say Haley Van Liff, um, Olivia Cochran, and shoot, let's pick one more, guys. Um Maybe more Casa. Casa. Casa, maybe. I was going to say Casa. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, and they're struggling. Um, Carr can't get started. Olivia can't stay on the floor. Um, it's just, it's a scary uh, match to go into their house when they haven't won in almost three decades. That's, I mean, the odds are they're going to win soon, especially with, with those three names. I mean, those three names could potentially be up for, um, the first team all ACC this year, in my opinion, they're just so strong and they are really trusting each other in the process and they've got a good record to show for it. I think this game was just one that the cards really could have used um, to, to get back or to stay in that top tier of the ACC. So now they kind of stick in that middle of the pack and, you know, kind of on the outside of uh, the top tiers. They certainly had the opportunity to win this game, but I mean, if you, if you think about, and, and I was reading the comments after my post on Friday, the recap, I mean, if you think about it, it comes down to Morgan missing important free throws. It comes down to um, not getting a lot of support for Haley or the bigs not staying on the floor. So, I mean, there's just other factors uh, that contributed to this loss. It was so close, but, it's just kind of one that you just take your licks and, and hopefully learn something from it, and maybe we'll see them again. To give kind of credit to it, Louisville was actually had a chance to tie or win this thing in the final with four seconds of the game. Yeah. The cards cut the ball back. They were down 81-79. Well, actually, <clears> well, it was 24 seconds, and then we just kind of dribbled around and wasted way too much time. Way too much 24, time. I thought it was less than that. Okay, but if, you, if it was 24, I'll take your word on That's it. That's when the timeout happened was the 24 seconds. But uh, you would think Plenty of time. Seconds, we would be able to design something where we, at least we could tie the game. And I remember in our group chat, we were kind of discussing back and forth. Do you go for the tie? Do you go for the win here? You've got the ball with the advancement rule that they've had in the last couple of years. That ball has moved from underneath the uh, tech basket to our basket out there by our bench. Everything's set up for you to score in 24 seconds. You're right. Uh, Haley, I think, was the one who got the shot off. And it was but, a bit uh, forced. It was a little bit Yeah, because forced. they waited till four seconds left to, to put it up. It's just frustrating. And uh, I thought there might have been a foul on it, but I went back and watched replay on it several times, and I don't think that she was contacted to have a foul call. But, yeah, and it's frustrating because they the, the cards were not getting that call all night. So why in that moment do you think you're going to get the call? Just just go for it. Get, sure. get your shot up. Make it a good shot. And then if the call comes, great. But they weren't coming. Our own Jared Anderson was whistled for two fouls. Just watching this online. Uh, From home. With us, yeah. Who yeah, just at home. No, Wasn't even in the same state. Yeah. And, and Jared, just, just speak to the protection that Liz Kitley gets in this league, especially in Blacksburg. Yeah. Well, I think we may have, have lost, lost Jared again. 
<laughs> he was yeah. getting scratchy the last time he talked, so he might be rebuilt. Yeah, he and I have been back and forth in text. We're trying to get that. I, yeah, and I haven't been following out, the text. So. But I'll, I'll throw this one to you then, Jeff. You saw it. I saw it. Kittley was getting away with, with Grand Larson yeah. in there, okay? And I, I'm not one. You can go back and check my post for the last 14, 50 years to complain about officiating. Yeah, yeah. No, you but don't. This, I, I do more than you do. Dunk. No, I mean, and the, and the classic one was, was when Haley gets called for a foul and uh, on, on a, I think it was on a rebound and underneath the basket and Kitley comes from behind and just runs over her and they call Haley for the foul. I mean, <laughs> it's just like, really? Love it. Oh my goodness. It was, I, I mean, and the sad thing is, is, you know, I, it, you, you don't complain about officiating very much and, and I do, but in, <laughs> I, I always point out and I firmly believe this it's not biased for the most part, occasionally. Uh, maybe when it comes to Kayla. But it's just bad. Yeah. Women's, women's basketball officiating, women's college basketball officiating is just flat out bad. Uh, I, I, I laugh when I hear uh, fans watching men's game and complaining about the officiating. So, oh, you sweet summer child. You know, come, yeah. come watch a women's game and see how bad the officiating. And it holds back the game. This is part of a problem, and people don't want to watch women's volleyball because if it, or women's basketball because the officiating is just so bad on it. It's it's a shame. And it is a situation where you know, obviously Jeff Walls can't go off too much about it, right? Because if he does, and all of a sudden fine. there are fines and sanctions involved here. And I'm pretty sure <laughs> he has to he, give up his firstborn. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he'd rather spend his money on Happy Meals for his kids and, you know, stuff like that instead of having to pay the NCAA for it popping off. And right? sitting out in the first game. Exactly. Uh, another issue, though, we can bat this around a little bit, too, is uh, T- Taylor Soul kind of went 35th and Broadway on this team, didn't she, uh, when she drew the technical foul there. I mean, she was ready to clear the whole street off and just <laughs> – people down one by one uh should she have been thrown out of this thing what do you all think on that i was amazed no no i mean it was a technical i think they handled that okay she was hyped i mean she's closing in on a win for her team um very important one i'm sure emotionally and just for their postseason so i'm I'm not gonna blame her for it Haley gets pretty animated and everything and she doesn't get punished well yeah, the, the mistake she to do that a lot during games. If yeah, not noticed. Yeah, she in, in the the mistake that Taylor Soul made was she directed it at the other player rather than yeah. just out in general. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's a technical. Okay, but it was a good I'd one. Go if on. there are if there's rankings, it was a good one in my opinion. Yeah. It's good for the game. I just think that don't don't tell female athletes to simmer down i just it's not a good look let them be hype that's what's so exciting especially for their home fans what i'm getting from all this if somebody had said to her to her act like you've been before there before you would have got this blank stare back from her right i haven't yeah i hate that advice particularly particularly when it is a like i went the first time not this past not the season just finished, but the season before in volleyball when U of L went to the Final Four. I saw somebody on a forum, so you know, telling U of L fans, act like you've been there before. Like, we haven't. This is new for us. <laughs> yeah, she 
Taylor had herself a night. I think she shot 64%, 24 points. Uh, just let her have her moment. Yeah. Let them too. And, and we knew what kind of ball player she was from her previous uh, you know, visits in the ACC at other schools and stuff. And certainly when I saw that Kenny Brooks had picked her up to team up with Amor and join Liz Kitley, something just kind of ticked in the back of the old cranium here saying, wow, that's a powerful combination based on who else they got coming back to. Yeah. Maybe a team to watch. There you have it. Their three and three conference mark, though, is, makes it even more incredulous to me. It's like you go through the non-conference slate perfect and you get to the ACC and all of a sudden it's a step you can't quite reach. How do I get from the sidewalk to the house? And there's six steps here. Ah, what do I do? Do you know what? Seoul hasn't been to the NCAA tournament either because Boston College has not been known as a powerhouse when it comes to women's basketball. So being a number 13 team and going up against what you would still call a a pretty dominant women's basketball program in Louisville, there's plenty of reason for her to have emotion. It hits her extra year, and she's on a team that's actually going to get to the NCAA tournament in could make a decent run. So I can understand her excitement and emotions that got involved there. And I'm looking at their their losses. They lost to Miami and Clemson and what's the other one? Anybody know? Notre Dame. Um, And they seem to be Miami, the Miami Met game was the the biggest difference in the final score. I was just trying, I was just curious if it were close losses. And Clemson's obviously their worst loss, but it's just a testament to the ACC um, as a whole, that anybody can win, anybody could lose, and yeah, that uh, may be the biggest story right now is just how topsy turvy the ACC is. It's been all over the place. You know, you it's look at make these matches. Season fun. Yeah. Well, while we're on it, let's just take a quick look at it. The, the, the ACC standings: uh, who is alone at the top, undefeated in the conference? No, it's Dude. not Notre Dame. No, it's not NC State. It's not even, you know, another powerhouse in the league in past years. It's Duke. Hmm. The Duke team. Second Which kind of rubs Duke. me the wrong way. I don't know about you all. I, I realized with Carol Lawson that they were going to win some games. But, you know, when we have players that transfer out and go there and then now they're undefeated in the conference, just kind of like mm, they have a target on their back. Yeah. And, uh, of course, uh, we're speaking of Balagoon left us to go there. Anaya Green also left us to go there and then subsequently disappeared from their roster and uh, is uh, whereabouts unknown now. Uh, and Carol also kind of takes the blase approach on it, like, okay, yeah, so we're number one in the conference. No big deal. Look at everything I've accomplished in my career. Right. You're asking me to be excited about being number one halfway through the season in the ACC. Yeah, whatever. Mm. Go play ball, y'all. I don't know if I want that kind of demeanor and a head coach. In the, but anyway, that's the way she does it. Uh, and then Florida State. You know, when Sue Simon retired, you had to think there was going to be a transition period for Florida State. No. All of a sudden, boom, they just pop up and say, you know what? Uh, we think we could be pretty good this year. Look at what we've got here. And then what gets me on this, and y'all can comment on this, they bring in a freshman. A freshman that I had never even considered was going to come in and do anything against us at all whatsoever. Uh, it's totally uh, one of those 99-to-1 derby horses, okay, and Tania Letts and 
Uh, let's kind of kick that around. What is making the Knoll so good beside her? Hmm. Can anybody start anybody? out? With? <laughs> They've got a really good offense this year, which I think in the past Florida State has been similar to how Georgia Tech goes, where it's a little more slow pace. Uh, they certainly switched that up, and they're going with a lot more heavy offense, shoot a lot more, and maybe that's a style that uh, Coach Rufwakoff wants to go with. Uh, is They still have a solid defense, it's just they finally have a really top-tier offense that's been making a difference. Maybe uh, so. I'm kind of looking at the roster, uh, and I'm not – and maybe it's just me. I'm not really – remembering a lot of these players in recent games so that's my own bad but so no one really stands out to me um just just my recent history of of us playing them in recent years i'm just having a hard time remember anybody that stands out except for morgan jones coming from there and coming here <laughs> and, and of course the last time we played them not this you know the ones last year were uh, i can remember three things about that game when they came to the KFCMs and Morgan Jones went off on us. And yep. I think she had like 28 points or 30 points or something against us. Yep. Incredible effort. And I happened to be sitting uh, on media row with uh, Jared's uh, fiance, Katie, and also the FSU athletic director who had just been hired and was basically at one of his first sporting events as athletic director of the program. I just had this big grin on his face, and I said, you know, we're going after her in the portal, teasing him. <laughs> oh, my God, Paul. Yeah. And, and he, said, he said, well, if Haley's in there, we'll go after her, too, then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, fair enough. Not thinking in a million years of Morgan Jones. Or blah, blah, blah. But so that that's the way that broke down. But this <laughs> is a team that is surprising. I'm not going to lie, Paul. Whenever a player goes off against us, I do think that um, Coach Walls is circling them on the on other rosters in case they <laughs> end up in the transfer portal. He, he, he's calling them like, hey, you remember that uh, when you came to the Yum Center and had a career high night? How about we make that a, a two times Every a night dig. Yeah. Did you like our rims? Did you like the way you ran up and down the court? I mean, it, it seems like a winning strategy. I don't know. So Is it a lighting right? Because there's a chance you could, but then against the other wall strategy, where he picks somebody completely out of the blue that has no intentions of continuing college basketball whatsoever, and I speak of Josie Williams, who he said, "Hey, are you going into the portal?" And she said, "No, I think I'm pretty much done with basketball." He said, "Do you think you might want to come here and play a year at Louisville?" And she was playing at Utah Valley State, which. Okay, I don't know a lot about them, but I'm pretty sure they're not in the same classifications to most of the ACC schools. And she was starstruck. She said, you want me to come and play at Louisville? Yeah, stop by, see if you like the campus, drive it around town, keep it for a couple of weeks, see what you think. And I'd actually convince her not to, you know, say I'm done with basketball and give us one more year. And she's you know, been okay for us this year. I had a lot more expectations for her. I so had a little cool. more expectations. I knew she wasn't going to be uh, like having Emily Engsler mo- motor or a Sam Furing um, um, drive, let's say. Well, let's call it that. But 
Um, I think that she's shown improvement. It's a lot to come into this roster and, and try to be the anchor underneath, but um, I think she's improving. She's getting stronger. She's getting more confident. I think confidence was a huge um, factor for her and Coach Walls giving her more minutes. So um, she's not fast, but she's big. I would have to agree. Absolutely. Uh, the team that I think everybody kind of has to circle around and the uh, has highlighted a couple times is Notre Dame. They're tied for second. They're four and one in conference, uh, 13 and two overall. We knew the Irish were going to come back with some very talented basketball players, Olivia Miles and Mabry being two of the ones that I'm thinking of here. But Notre Dame has just kind of come out and said, you know what? We think we're going to do pretty good in the conference back off we're, we're playing now uh thoughts on notre dame you all and, and just started said the irish have, have been as advertised are we are we about done with maybrys though at notre dame no, that's my first thought are no, there any never, more of them there's one working the drive through no no, I'm not kidding. <laughs> no i think i think this is the last of them finally she is a graduate student this year so uh, you know, it just seems like I've been hearing the name Mabry out of Notre Dame for a decade or more. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a little tired of hearing about Olivia Miles, but to be realistic, it's deserved. She really is that good. Um, she's um, she had a little bit of an attitude, I think, at times, but uh, she's uh, she's a very quality player. Um, you know, they're having a good year. Um, it's again. Uh, the state of the ACC is weird that they're not at the top of the conference right now. Uh, technically, they're in third, but they have a game in hand over Florida State, so um, which would tie them up likely with Florida State for second. But uh, you know, it's it's just bizarre in the conference to watch all of these good teams. Um, that some of them are foundering, some of them are doing really well. Notre Dame is about the only one that you can say, yeah, this is a really good team, and they're doing. They're, you know, at least near the top of the conference in the standings. Um, it's it's bizarre. So, I don't know. I'm not looking forward to playing them. I don't think it's going to be a great outcome for us, unfortunately. Yeah, I was looking at the schedule. We play them um, twice in February within 10 days. We play at Notre Dame on the 16th of February, and then they come to the Yum Center on the 26th for Senior Day. So, I feel like that gives us plenty of time, let's see, about five or six weeks to get – your feet under you and uh, steal at least one of those wins or one of those games. And all of this could be yeah, very important because I think right now, y'all, the cards are looking to be one of those four teams that get to advance to Friday in yeah. the ACC tournament, okay? Mm-hmm. Duke looks like so far, and it's still early in the schedule, but Duke so far looks like they could be one of them. If Florida State plays the way they've been playing, could be one of them. Notre Dame certainly has their eye on it. And then there is a basically a three-way tie for that fourth spot between mm. us, Miami, and Syracuse, with Virginia Tech right behind us uh, at four and three. The, the the dark horse here, the the one that everybody's kind of like, maybe she just got a bad break, maybe uh, doesn't like the track is is North Carolina State because uh, yeah. thirteen and four overall, but three and three. This is another one where, you know, Kenny Brooks can probably hang his head along with Wes Moore and say, yeah, conference hadn't been what we expected, right? Yeah. Well, and then and then the flip side of that coin is you got Boston College at three and three. Yeah. Which is 
like really good for them. <laughs> it's like, huh? Where's where are they coming? They're they're technically ahead of North Carolina. In, After the in migration the they had, yeah, you would have figured yeah. they'd be right down there with Pitt and down there with the Bizarro land. It just really is. Uh, Georgia Tech dropping off a little bit too to go down to a one six in conference. That was a surprise to me as well. Yeah. I don't I you know, I don't ever want to underestimate Nell Fortner and coaching a team. And you know, they've got some talent down there, but I I, I don't know, they're what, nine and eight overall? Um yeah. So again, they only lost two games out of conference. It's I don't know what it's like. A bunch of teams are just you know once once conference play started, just got snake bit. So it is weird yeah. to look at how the ACC right now has been listed with Duke, Florida State, Notre Dame, Syracuse as the top four. I'm sure Syracuse has some weird tiebreaker in that three way tie right now, but those top four teams all have new coaches from within the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Not that it's saying that the old coaches that have been around forever aren't doing a good job. It's just interesting to see all these newer coaches at the ACC having this early success. And Jared makes a very good point. After you get past those four mentioned, Louisville, Miami, Florida, Virginia Tech, North Carolina State, all teams with coaches who have been established there for a while in their programs. Right. The, that being what it's been and how it's been, let's go ahead and look at tomorrow for what it's to be. The cards will be, of course, uh, on the road again, this time down Tallahassee and headed down to Tallahassee, obviously, to take on the Florida State Seminoles, uh, a very scary team, as we mentioned before. Uh, the, the, the numbers on them real quick, and then I'll break it down to you guys. 16-3. and three. Five and one in the ACC. Uh, beat NC State by 19 points. Their last time out. That was very surprising to me. And uh, we have one common opponent with them. We both play Georgia Tech. Uh, they beat Georgia Tech by 41 points. And I'll stop there. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Tania Latson, we mentioned earlier, leading the country. 127 free throws. So you know she likes to get to the lane. She's also leading the ACC in scoring with 25 points a game. Uh, all right, let's break it down. Let's talk about it. We're going down there and in, into the Knowles gym. They're going to be ready for us. They're going to be fired up about us. Jared, how are we going to do in this thing? It's going to be tough, and I think it's going to be more of a mental battle than it is a physical battle. You know, uh, some of the, the cards have not been on hot streaks lately. Uh, CC Carr struggled the past couple games a little bit here and there. Haley missed several shots down the stretch on Thursday, and I think it's being able to put that in the back of your mind and kind of forget about it and just play the game that's right in front of you. Uh, throw the record out the window for now. I know Florida State's been really good. They had a lot of non-conference wins against uh, what you could say like Power 5 or 6 teams that kind of came down to the wire a lot. They held on well, maybe like a little bit of that Boston College game against Florida State. I think that's the only, what I would say, bad loss for Florida State this year. See what worked uh, for Boston College. What did they do that was successful? What did they do that didn't work? And then watch some film against from when Florida State played NC State because Florida State really dominated and controlled a lot of that game. And see what Florida State was doing against NC State, that they were having successful and found ways to counter that on defense. 
they just decided we're going to run against the wolf pack and they did and they did it effectively daryl this fsu team uh, may be a surprise to most of us here what's going on with them why are they so good why do we need to be a little bit worried about our trip to tallahassee well we should be worried because no game is uh guaranteed this season um I was just before the show checking out previous um, final records. I can't remember the last time we've had this many losses this early in the season. So we're our spoiled fan base that um, doesn't see those very often. Um, so this year we just have to come out strong and, and just make them go in. I mean, I'm just thinking like if we could get Chris Lynn Carter going if Morgan Jones could can go off and show up her previous team just a little bit and help Haley out, um, I just hate that I feel like Haley is the carrying most of the offensive weight on her shoulders. I mean, she she wants it, but she doesn't. She wants help. I mean, this is just me um, guessing what this team's mindset is. Is just she feels like she has to get the points scored one in a lot of the times this season we've kind of struggled and let teams get a lead on us and we have to claw our way out. Um, just looking at some numbers that Florida state has, they they're giving up um, 67 points a game while, while scoring more than 87 defense has to be on point, almost 90 points a game for Florida state. That is not going to win for the cards. So their defense has to step up and, and guard the perimeter and don't let them go to the line because Florida State's averaging like set more than 17 free throws a game. That seems like a lot uh, to me. So don't let them go to the line. And and when we and when we do get to the line, you got to make them. Um, I think the pit game, Olivia missed all three of her attempts. And again, with Morgan missing those final two when it came down to the the wire, that's, we just got to win these games. If we can get out of Tallahassee with a win, I'll be very impressed. I want to circle back around to what Daryl mentioned with the pressure on Haley and that's how it's kind of been a double-edged sword for Louisville this year. It's, at times, I feel like everybody wants to be critical of her maybe being selfish with the ball, too many turnovers, too many missed shots. Uh, and yeah, at, at times, you can, you can certainly argue that, but also on the other end of that, it's, as Daryl just mentioned, you've got a lot of players who haven't really been able to get going as much as you want them to see. And when your your supporting catch, everybody else out there isn't being able to produce, the pressure falls back on Haley as kind of the go-to player. So it, uh, yeah. it puts her. In, it's obviously it's going to put her in a tough position because either way, people are going to criticize her. And to an extent, there should be some, but also it's not fair to put all the blame on her when the when everybody else hasn't really produced to the expectations that we know they can do. And I don't want to be, I don't, I wasn't blaming Haley at any point in the season when I mentioned just that she needs to distribute the ball more, like, which I thought was the case against Virginia tech. She only had a couple assists, but I just feel like the flow of the offense isn't there. It's still not there. If she can, it, we just need to be quicker. There's just a, it seems like a slowness to this offense to where, they're not converting. CeCe's been getting shots up, but they're just not falling. And, and I just feel like if the the offense can get out in front of the defense and move the ball around the court, the, the shots fall. It's so much more fun to watch. I think they're having more fun because why wouldn't you 
when you're getting the ball to go in the hoop and scoring points. So I just feel like that just needs to be a little quicker. Haley needs to dish it out to um, her teammates and, and her teammates, teammates need to convert for her. Well, the Jeff Walls teams in the past have thrived on transition. Uh, yeah. you, you saw that on a offense all the time as you get these transition baskets. And it may not be a true fast break, but you're not allowing the defense for the opposing team to get set. And then you can just kind of push your will on them when you score. And as you mentioned, you get the offense going. It, it really helps to hypes up the defense because you're feeling more motivated on defense. If you can get another stop or two, force a turnover, you can get a spark a run. So if just and we push the ball more on offense and and pass it up court. You don't need to take four or five dribbles before you pass the next person. Just boom, boom, boom. Keep it moving. You're gonna find somebody open real quick. And this, we have the team. We have the players to to make it possible. Like I just feel like what you just said, Jared. Um, that that the when the offense gets going, the defense gets inspired. That's when your Mikasa Robinson comes in and goes back to the other end and gets in the lane, takes the ball down, and we're scoring twice as fast as the other team and 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 running them out of the gym, ninety to forty. That's what I'm talking about. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a slightly contrarian position here, you know, because I never do that. Uh, <laughs> but I, I will say there is one player that I don't want to see speed up, and that's Morgan Jones. True, um, she is a, a very talented player. Uh, and I, I laughed Thursday evening, Thursday night. I was watching the game with my mother and uh, I was commenting about how sometimes she just feels a little bit out of control. Uh, but of course, the, she then picks that moment to have that spectacular, you know, driving. She got fouled. She's falling and flips the ball up and it drops right in the basket for, a, you know, and one. Yeah. Like, well, OK, way to prove me wrong. But like she frequently feels like she's out of control. I kind of feel like. In contrast to the rest of the team, she needs to kind of slow it down just a touch, maybe a half step, play within herself a little more. Um, I do think, like you all kind of alluded to, that she's probably going to be a pretty key player in this matchup at Florida State, again, because she's playing against her former team. Um, that is a big psychological thing. Um, in if, in if their she, house. Yeah, in, in that location where she's played so much before. She's so, going to keep her emotions under control for this game. I think. Yeah, absolutely. If she can do that, and if she can kind of kind of keep play within herself a little bit more, um, I think uh, she could make a, a key difference there. And she's and so fast and so tall, Jeff. I would fast. not be surprised if this girl can dunk. If she yeah. gets so fast, okay, if, if, she, if the team is moving fast, Morgan wants to keep up with them. I think if she is so fast that her momentum, she'll be able to dunk the ball. I might be crazy. But yeah, I just think that she's so springy she's, and long. She is very, very fast. She gets in the passing lanes because of that. And which is, I do love that part. Layup, yeah, They're just too strong. They hit the backboard and they're just too strong, which could right. be frustrating. And, and staying with Morgan Jones real quick, and there were some questions on our site earlier this week after the Georgia Tech game and where uh, CC had been seen pulling Morgan off to the side. Morgan has a lot of emotions in the games and she certainly will let it get to her at times and it was what about i guess about three minutes left in that or sorry the, the pit game about three minutes left in that pit game and walls called timeout and basically told morgan you're out of the game you're sitting on the bench and that's when cc kind of walked her off to calm her down and and told her you know just you gotta chill relax breathe you know don't let the game overwhelm you because it kind of goes back to what you're all talking about she 
plays so fast she's running through her own shoes and then kind of makes this silly air and then she lets it get to her and if she can keep a short memory I think that would help her a lot get one of those act like you've been before <laughs> moments and like stare back I haven't what am I supposed to expect FSU is is no slouch offensively you all third in the nation in scoring offense 87.5 points a game pretty yeah. impressive uh, and, it, and Haley's mentioned the defense having some trouble multiple quarters out of a game. So that, there's no room for that. They do tend to like to get to the line as well a lot. They are actually second in the nation in blocks per game. Uh, how do the cards do in Tallahassee? And then I'll turn it back over to you all. It hasn't been exactly a walk in, collect your win, and leave on the plane type of series between these two. And they've actually been playing each other since the late 70s going all the way back to the metro and other conferences where the cars at florida state were, were were linked together louisville was actually 16 and 19 all time against the seminoles playing games in tallahassee the cards are five and nine so oh, at wow. five and nine <clears throat> certainly some room to improve there but uh you know I, i'm not going to be overly confident in this one I, and I don't think it's a come to Jesus move, movement or moment mm-hmm. like Haley has asked for a couple of times, but I think the cards do have to go in and take care of business and kind of uh, get rid of all the white noise and concentrate on playing with basketball and, and doing basketball well. Whether that involves Haley the whole game or not, just let the game dictate that to you, I think. Am I wrong here? No. I think that's very correct. Okay. Agreed. <laughs> Plus one. And, and, and I, I think it's also a situational thing, too, where Walls is going to have to coach this game in five-minute segments, okay? Yeah. He's going to have to take a look and see, hey, how are we doing at this media time out in, in the second quarter or, or the fourth quarter? How did we do the first five minutes in the quarter? How did mm-hmm. we finish the quarter? Uh, and then adjust. It's kind of like the old instructions on the shampoo bottle. Wash, rinse, and repeat, right? And they have to kind of do the same thing. Okay, that didn't work in the last five-minute segment. We've got three minutes, four minutes here to talk about it before we start the next quarter. What can we do? And that's where his assistants are going to have to be there, being the bright kids in the class, raising their hand, going, hey, I've noticed on like five or six plays, they're leaving so-and-so wide open underneath the basketball. They're keen on yada, yada, yada. So-and-so can't go to her left. Let's get the ball to her when they come down court and make her try to go to her left, okay? It's things like that that you hope a team can catch up on as the game progresses. But uh, with all that being said, uh, I'm not overly confident here, but call me negative, okay? I look forward to it. It's the joy and excitement, Paul. If there's it's this the depression. joy and excitement of U of O Women's Athletics. I'll be proud of this team, even if we take a 41-point loss. No, I'm not kidding. We're not, we're not going to get beat that bad. I hope for joy and excitement, that's right, that I can talk about in my Monday column. Wow. Uh, time has sped by us here as we've flown through this hour discussing U of O Women's Athletics. I know Jared's got to run down and go get his free meal down at the Yum Center. <laughs> but uh, I don't know about you, Jared, but sometimes I kind of wonder, is this worth it? Ugh. I'm out over it's, it. 
been very hit or miss with you, that's for sure. Yeah, Jared's been, Jared goes down to be a social butterfly anyway, so it doesn't matter. But, but then you uh, go to Lexington, Paul, and they throw a, an expired meal voucher at you, and, and you're like, I will miss the Yum Center. Yeah, I've got to go through a, a maze of back roads and hallways and everything to try to find the elevator where the 80-year-old guys operating it. Take us to the food court. Uh, I ain't sure where that is. Go to the next floor up and let's peek outside the door and see what that is. All right. I love love Rupp Arena. I think that I could get lost in Rupp Arena for days and no one would ever find me. (laughs) The layout is weird. It doesn't even appear on Google Maps. Yeah, it's like if you're all trying to track me through my phone, it wouldn't pick up. <laughs> it just bl- it's just black. I'm staring at some old picture of Mike Casey and Adolph Rupp in, in a dark, forgotten corner of Rupp Arena, saying, "Uh, Be hello, afraid. hello." Oh well, enough on that. We'll get a chance to go up there in two more years, and that's fine with me. Uh, Jared, final thoughts on us today? What is going on? What's on your mind? I'm going to go a different route with final thoughts and kind of what I mentioned in the group chat recently where there was the LSU and Utah gymnastics that was going on mm-hmm. and how maybe NIL has already seen some unforeseen neg- negative backlash with the, where the popular gymnast for LSU, Olivia Dunn, who's actually doesn't see a lot of playing time for them. She runs kind of as a reserve more than anything. But the fact that Utah sold out that whole arena, and it was a lot of younger gentlemen that certainly didn't know the etiquette for gymnastics and maybe didn't need to be there in terms of how they acted and maybe it's kind of embarrassment. And makes the rest of the teams feel bad. And it became such an issue that LSU's now had to hire bodyguards. And you see that even... With Miami women's basketball, the Cavender Twins have had a little bit of that this year, too, and we're going to see them at the M Center, and I think maybe we need to figure out more on ways we can prevent some of these issues with NIL in terms of the overly, like, stalkers vibe with some of the women's athletes. You, you do say that Utah sold out the for gymnastics there. That's not uncommon for Utah, oh, to yeah, be fair. Really good. They yeah. Their, their own but yeah, certainly is an issue. And they are actually playing to, I think today at Kentucky. So yes. Kentucky has to deal with it today. So yeah. And to kind of beg the question as well, we'll go to you next, Jeff, uh, for your final thoughts. But uh, will Louisville ever develop a gymnastic program? Bring it back. Uh, have we ever had a varsity with it? I don't. I don't, I don't think it was ever varsity. Remember yeah. one no. No. Thought we had one for like three years, way back in the day. And maybe I don't know. Maybe as a club, but I don't think it was varsity. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't see that likely. I think there are other sports we'll pick up before that. Uh, the ACC doesn't sponsor gymnastics, so that's a little bit of a, a headwind there. So yeah. Uh, um, but for my final thoughts, uh, quick tidbit from volleyball: Peyton Peterson is a verbal commit for. Uh, to, to arrive here in 2024, uh, not this coming, not this fall, but the one after. 
um, and she was just named Gatorade Player of the Year in the state of Iowa. So uh, she is a junior and won that award. Uh, so a chance for picking it up as uh, possibly two years in a row if she adds up adds on to it next year um outside hitter um she'll be hitting here right as anna de beer uh is a graduate student presuming she takes her COVID year uh and uh would also be the case for charity looper who is the transfer coming in would also be her COVID year uh would be uh peyton's freshman year so nice time for a transition there um you know we've got a couple other we've got nina Moore who redshirted this past season. And then we also have uh, Alana Bangston coming in as a, as a freshman this fall uh, that uh, would be competing for that spot. So. There you have it. New lights yeah. to boot. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. New lights come in there. Daryl, what you got? As just sticking with basketball. I was just curious. Um, the last time the cards have had, at least six losses in the season, which is what they have now. Does anybody have any guesses? Oh, my. Yeah. You would have to go back real early in the wall scheme of things, I think. Anybody uh, else? No, his second year, uh, he didn't have a great team. In fact, they were under 500. Uh, and I think there was a year we went pretty far in the NCAA tournament where we had like nine or ten losses. So y'all didn't, y'all didn't know there was going to be a quiz today, did you? Yeah. <laughs> No, and then I, I'm unprepared for it. So I'm going to leave the room and step out in, in the hallway and then throw things at the freshman. No. <laughs> so um, not exactly six losses, but the season's not over yet. So at least six losses was back in 2016 and 17 season. They had eight losses on the season, uh, eight losses the previous one, seven losses the year before, and nine losses in 12 and 13. So, I mean, nine losses the year we went to the championship game uh looking at the rest of the schedule you hope that they go undefeated but not likely i expect a few more losses um before the acc tournament hopefully not uh, hopefully not many maybe let's say i'll give them two losses before the acc tournament um but just goes to show how spoiled this fan base is that it's been almost seven years since we've seen this many losses in a season and it just feels not normal so Indeed. And it is kind of like DEFCON 3 right now. The fan base is getting a little, you know, <laughs> a little yeah, nervous. Like, what's wrong? Why are we are we? What is that? Well, okay, fine. It's happening. And my final thought is, is because the ACC is Bizarro World this year. That's right. Buy your tickets. Get in line. The matinee's half price. It is Bizarro World. <laughs> If you had told me that Duke and Florida State would be the top two teams in the conference one-third of the way through the conference slate, I would have recommended you for psychiatric evaluation, okay? I wouldn't have seen it. If anybody would have told me that Boston College was having a better season than somebody like Clemson, I would have said, no, Clemson's improved this year. They're looking really good. Boston College is beating Clemson. They're even better than UNC this year. And that's another shocker to me. If anybody had told me that Miami of Florida was better than Virginia Tech and North Carolina State, I would have shown you the door and told you to go to Lexington. But guess what? They are. It's a bizarre conference so far. The good thing is, the thing to remember, is it's only one-third of the way through the schedule in the ACC. Plenty of time for change. 
plenty of time for reaction, plenty of time for even more upsets to develop, or the old guard, as I like to call it, a chance to rally and climb back toward the start of the conference. It's going to be fun. However, it turns out, we'll certainly be here to cover it for you. Talk about the joy and excitement of things that are going on. We thank you for listening today. And certainly hope that you'll join us next week for the Cardinal Couple Radio Hour podcast. And look forward to seeing you all out at the KFCM Center. Bye-bye now. Thanks for listening to the Cardinal Couple Radio Hour. If you liked what you heard, please feel free to give us a rating or review and subscribe to the show in your podcast player of choice. We're available on all of the major podcast players. And be sure to check out the site at cardinalcouple.com for the daily column bringing you the joy and excitement of mobile women's athletics. Mm-hmm.